<laughs> when you just hit the keyboard randomly, you know, uh, you hit like four things at once and you get some <laughs> interesting noises like, uh, oh god, oh, oh, oh god, uh, <laughs> oh my that that was an onslaught of samples jesus christ yes, that was a was. nightmare that was that was well, a new nightmare cage, why not it was at west craven's <laughs> it was west craven's new nightmare <laughs> what yeah what uh well we are recording by the way so hey oh. <laughs> hey are we <laughs> yep Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Cage Fight Podcast. Some would call it a bonus episode, almost. Um, and Taylor, if you want to take it away with that beautiful intro that we've heard probably Absolutely. 14 other times. Because you know what? It's not Friday when we're recording this, but every fucking Fred Durst Friday, it might as well be. So everybody, fucking open up a nice, refreshing glass of hot dog flavored water. Kick Ooh. back, relax. And get ready for us to talk about some Fred Durst shit on this penultimate episode of Fred Durst Friday, Friday, Friday. Still loving to open up a glass. <laughs> yeah! Woo! I mean, we only have one more chance to open up a glass. Of that I was trying to hit the yeah, uh, but uh, I closed the document that says what keys are what, so I don't know what it was. Oh, here we go. And, and you know, that's the thing, Jeff. <laughs> There we go. I will say we only have one more episode to open up a nice refreshing glass of hot dog flavored water and uh, get yourself a nice uh, chocolate starfish to munch on because, as I said earlier, this is the penultimate episode of Fred Durst Fighting. It's yep. all the coming last... to a close. And, you know, if that's... I have any last thing to say, it's probably. God damn it. That's not what I meant to hit. There we go. <laughs> Uh, but yes, this is the second and last uh, round of the semifinals of the Fred Durst Friday bracket. Mm -hmm. And on this illustrious episode, we are going to review The Fanatic and Woodstock 99 for the third time. Yes. Hell yeah. Now, if you'll recall, uh, last time that we reviewed Woodstock 99, we played it the entire time as we... <laughs> <laughs> recorded the episode that was good content that was good content that was good content it was really good mm -hmm. um and we just sort of recapped all the events that happened including the actual sexual assaults that were caught on film oh, yeah. uh because that literally did happen during the stream uh it's it sucks it's not good we don't like it um no, speak for yourself that's true actually i, I shouldn't speak for the the gentleman in this room yes uh, <laughs> uh but yes i, I want to go over the fanatic first uh so, did y'all watch this movie again, or was it just me? Look, I already watched it twice, and both of them were in, like, the last couple <laughs> months. I wasn't gonna watch this a third time, I'm sorry. Like, I just watched this a month ago, if that, and that I've was the second five, time. I've watched probably ten times. <laughs> <laughs> this is my third time watching The Fanatic, all for this show. And honestly, I think this movie is, like, gonna be my new The Room. I fucking love this movie. It's so funny. <laughs> John Travolta's performance is just masterclass. It's so good. Hunter Dunbar, um, why are you you're you're tearing me apart? <laughs> you're tearing me apart, Hunter. Hunter Dunbar, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Uh, my self righteous hom att attempted homicide. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, 
And also, I wanted to mention uh, why I think John Travolta's performance in this movie is great is because, and we've mentioned this in earlier episodes, but John Travolta's performance was based off of his dead son, um, <laughs> yes, Jet Travolta. And I kind of wanted to explain on how good of parents Kelly Preston and John Travolta were to Jet. Um, so I decided to do a little bit of research on uh, Jet Travolta and how he died. And here's a couple of fun facts I found. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yes. Uh, fucking... So after uh, after Jet Travolta's death, Kelly Preston went on TV and she said this on the I think Dr. Phil show is that she believed her having food poisoning while she was pregnant with Jet Travolta and her using carpet cleaners when he was a baby contributed to his autism. Great. Oh, yeah. Good, good stuff. Um, if, if not that, probably <laughs> the, the vaccines. Yeah. We love uh, yeah. Uh, people who pathologize autism to make it sound like a horrible medical condition that needs to be cured. And uh, we, we love it when they attribute it to random environmental factors. Listen, you can blame a lot of you can blame a lot of factors on why your uh, kid is uh, unlovable to you. Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, um, if your kid had grown up to be an adult, he probably would have killed a movie star. So, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Jet Jet killed the movie star. Uh, <laughs> um, and also, I found a, a former interview, or I found an interview with a former Scientologist uh, talking about the uh, Jet Travolta because he died uh, while having a seizure in the Bahamas, and. She said because, and she was a Scientologist for for over thirty years. Their Scientologists are very against like psychiatric medication, and you know what that includes? Anti-epileptic medication as well. Oh yeah, Lovely. that's that's all Satan's. Oh, so more so... than likely they contributed to his death by not giving him the proper medication he needed to help handle his hep- epilepsy. See, you're telling me this. This fucking Jesus Christ. Okay, so they they. <laughs> Don't like their son because he's autistic, uh, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not dislike, but uh, they they view it as something that's wrong. They uh, they say it's because of like some random shit that she did while she was pregnant. And uh, then when he dies because they don't give him medication for epilepsy in a a treatable fucking uh, condition, they then decide that it is respectful and good to portray him in a movie as a homicidal maniac <laughs> ready to murder yeah. a movie yep. star that he's obsessed with. This is just the parenting story of a fucking generation. It's just, oh my god. Yeah, it's great. So by the way, Justice, does that does that make this performance even better or does it make you fucking angry like it should? It oh, makes no, me a little that, upset. I think that um, <laughs> that adds a lot of merit to it. It's it's just so incredibly monstrous. Like yeah, like just said, like pathologizing and basically like hating their autistic and like like son with epilepsy, and then also not giving the medication he needs, basically killing him, and then like oh yeah, how do we honor him by making him into a, like just a monstrous piece of shit in a movie ten years after he died? This is great. I mean, well, this is get, another you, casualty of Scientology. Also, well, let's put that in that Leah oh, Remini absolutely, one hundred percent. <laughs> you have to admit oh. that having a seizure on vacation is pretty not chill. You know, no, it's not chill. And and some other fun fun observations. I I sort of realized while I was watching it halfway through, the fanatic really reminds me of a story that a school shooter would write in like school like a school project. Oh yeah, <laughs> like Kevin uh, wrote this. Are you, yeah, are you guys familiar with the uh, Virginia Tech shooter Cho Sung Hui? Uh, not a, I'm not beyond the fact that he did. 
the Virginia Tech shooting. Um, I'm I'm on a Patreon for fans of his, but that's uh, about it. So fun fact, I was reading his Wikipedia article, uh, or I should say on the Virginia Tech shooting, and it really reminded me of a specific play that he made. Um, would you guys be interested in the synopsis of the play that he made that reminds me a little bit of the finale? Oh, yeah. Um, so, and he wrote this in a class. He literally wrote this for a college assignment, by the way. The play is entitled Richard McBeef. In 2006, uh, Cho, Cho Sung-hui wrote a short one-act play titled Richard McBeef. The play focuses on John, a 13-year-old boy whose father has died in a boating accident, and John's stepfather, ex-football player Richard McBeef, whom John constantly refers to as Dick. Uh, when Richard touches John's lap during an attempt at a father-to-son talk, the boy abruptly claims that his stepfather is molesting him. Oh, then, yeah. John, then John accuses his stepfather of having murdered his biological father and repeatedly says that he will kill Richard. John, Richard, and Sue, John's mother, are suddenly embroiled in a major argument. Richard then retreats to his car to escape the conflict, but John, despite claiming repeatedly that Richard is abusing him, joins his stepfather in the car and harasses him. The play ends with John trying to shove a banana-flavored cereal bar into his stepfather's throat, <laughs> killing him in the process. Um, <laughs> Great. And, Great. And for whatever reason, that really reminds me of The Fanatic a little bit. Like, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I can definitely see that happening in the fanatic. I don't know. It's, eh. that really reminds me of like, you know what? I hate Hunter Dunbar so much. I'm going to write a play about him dying. Yeah. <laughs> That'll show him. You're not real. None of this is real. <laughs> Who knew that the Virginia Tech uh, shooter was such a strange person? Was maybe not well adjusted. Yeah, who knew a guy who's who killed over thirty people would be a little strange? <laughs> hey, if only there had been a good guy with a gun there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's just fucking awesome. Well, um, there. Oh god, I was so, gonna make a real bad joke. Oh, oh, oh say well, shit. there was because he shot himself. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry>. uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, that's a good joke. That's a that's a good joke. I think we can all. Let's think he is. You know, that's like he is a hero because he killed himself and he is also an hero for the same reason. Yeah. Uh, and they say that an hero could save us. <laughs> I'm going to stand here and wait to shoot myself because I got to shoot myself right now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and also one more observation about the actual movie itself. There's a line in the movie where he's talking to his friend's sister. I don't know who the fuck she's is in relation to Moose. Um, Anna, I think her name is. I think um, it's just a friend. She looks way too young to be his sister. J- but then again, but I don't know, like my oldest friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you say he's just a friend. They say she's just a friend. Ooh, Moose, you. OK. Uh, Maybe a sister uh, from another mister, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Moose says the line um, where he's like, oh, this reminds me of Maniac, not the crap remake, the good one. First <laughs> off, have you ever seen the Maniac remake with Elijah Wood? The Elijah Wood one. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? It's not crap. It's arguably better than the original. It's a fucking awesome movie. So, Moose, you have bad taste in horror movies. I, I haven't seen the original, actually, I, but I do like the Elijah Wood one. The original is really good. Um, the original has uh, some work from early Tom Savini. Okay. It's also, got a, it's also got a standout role from an actor who was in the Godfather movies. Uh, it's a really good movie. I like it a lot. I, uh, um, I haven't but seen I will either say of this, them. The, the remake is, I will say the remake is probably a little bit better. But they're both fantastic horror movies. But, but yeah, Moose calling the remake of... 
Oh, shit. But, but yeah, Moose calling the Maniac remake uh, crap is just... I'm sorry, dude. You just have bad taste in horror movies. That's just fact of the matter. Yeah, I think uh, we can all agree on that. Oh, God. It, do you guys have anything to add about uh, The Fanatic after uh, having talked about it for the third fucking time? For um, I will say that this is uh, one of the iconic uh, Fred Durst pieces of art. Um, and I think there's uh, there's no real denying that. Yeah, honestly, this is this is within the top three movies Fred Durst has ever directed. Yes, <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is kind of some <laughs> iconic Fred Durst material, if we're being honest. I think I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, well, we we did mention this is that Fred Durst did base this movie off of a fan interaction that he had. So mm. with a man named Stanley. Yeah, yeah Stanley. No, Stanley a, Tucci, right? It's a man named Elk. Uh, <laughs> he had he had a brother named Deer and a cousin named Antelope. Yeah, <laughs> his mom was a real horse. Uh. <laughs> and his dad was a bear. <laughs> he was a ba- his dad was a bear of a man. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, Jesus Christ! Anything else to add? And his brother was Twink. No, I'm sorry, but. Um... <laughs> Twinkie Ramirez. Oh, no, I, I think you're talking about uh, Ramirez. Oh my god, that's gonna be my new no! fucking Twitter name. <laughs> yes, please. It's probably already been taken, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anything else to add before we go on to Woodstock 99? I don't think so. Yeah, I think I think we All covered right, so everything for... we can with this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for Woodstock '99, I did. I actually did rewatch uh, the performance, and it is also once again a very solid performance. I think Fred Durst does a fantastic job. I think Wes Borland's costuming is on point. I will say that uh, Sam Rivers' middle fingers at the beginning are a little lack, of, like a little you know half-ass, but whatever. He's trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you it's could, just good you could really put some but... more energy into that bird you're flipping there. Like, uh, and you could be like birdie. Exactly. We'll talk about it. you yeah. put some more. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Energy you can... bird I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, just low T bird energy. <laughs> uh, uh, but instead of reviewing the performance, I kind of wanted to review a little bit of the actual history and aftermath of Woodstock '99, the actual uh, venue and performance, and uh, just kind of the fallout of it in general. So I found some fun facts about Woodstock 99. Of course, Woodstock 99 was scheduled to be around the 30th anniversary of the original Woodstock in 1969. The location of Woodstock 99 was about 200 miles away from the original Woodstock in a town called Rome, New York, on a former Air Force base that was so toxic. Not, I mean, due to all the just terrible people on Twitter that showed up. Yeah, uh, I was but say, this is loaded there. with toxic masculinity um, and uh, Twitter bots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah just uh just just terrible just terrible toxic bullshit um you know just a lot of gaslighting just not good um well speaking of things that get lit, lit up later on the former <laughs> air force base uh was uh the the soldiers because of course soldiers and people in the army are very smart they decided to dump uh barrels of uh fucking lead pcbs and other solvents into the water supply of uh the air force base because they're very smart yeah um brilliant and uh it was on a former air force base like i said and it was at one point an epa superfund site that's how toxic it was <laughs> are you familiar with superfund site uh jess no i'm not super meat boy super meat boy fun site yes but a super fun site is a uh 
uh, site that the EPA qualifies as basically too hazardous to live on, so it needs to be cleaned up as soon as possible. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, needless to say, this was a great site to have nearly 400,000 people at. Oh, for sure. Yes. Uh, Woodstock 99 brilliant. cost 30... 30- yeah, brilliant. Woodstock '99 cost thirty-eight million dollars to host. Thirty-eight million dollars to get. And we are in the black. Yep. Oh, Wait, I, to be it fair, was, no, it was in the red. It was in the red. That much money was involved, and uh, only how many people got raped? That's pretty good. Like, the, I mean, anybody with <laughs> that, <laughs> that much money in Hollywood is definitely raped more people than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay, fun fact, uh, and that, that was another fun fact. There were at least eight reported rapes. Yeah, at I least. I mean, Weinstein's at got more under in- his belt, right? Yeah. That's true. He's oh, yeah. No, he really... Right. No, you're not kidding. He really does. Uh, and also... There was only there was there was also one reported gang rape. So great, and the Not, gang was the band Soulfly. That's true. Yes, unfortunately, out of those eight, four of them were reported during uh, for, uh, the Limp Bizkit performance. So half of them, which is great. Oh, God, uh, not good. Um, it was because of the lyrics of the song "Break Stuff." Oh yeah. Um, at one point. Uh, so during the entire festival, the temperatures uh, average around 100 degrees in the middle of summer on a tarmac, by the way, because that's where this all was taking place, on the tarmac of the fucking Air Force oh, Base. Yeah. So it's hot as shit, fuck? 100 degrees. Yeah, uh, on tarmac. <laughs> I know, is it great? How do you get horny enough to rape someone during this? I'm sorry. <laughs> I Oh, God. I, that sounds terrible. But Well, we all know, we all know about... Well, rape is not about horniness, it's about power, Jess. You know that. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a power dynamic thing. Yeah, it's a power dynamic thing. True. Exactly. There's nothing sexy um, about it. I think both parties can agree. And oh, also, there, there were water fountains during the, um, uh, during the festival, but they weren't very, like, there weren't a whole lot of them. And people were really thirsty, and they were getting really hot. So they just decided to break the fucking water main. So the whole, whole venue just got flooded in mud, piss, and shit. They decided um, to break stuff. They did, and there was also there were there were a lot of porta potties, but not enough. So they were constantly overflowing as well, and a lot of them were tipped over and set on fire near the end of the uh, festival. Anyway, um, so yes, a hundred degrees on a tarmac, fucking poop shit, like fucking piss water everywhere. <laughs> Everyone's getting sexually assaulted. People are naked, so it's it's a great time. Everyone's having a good time. Yeah, fucking um, wonderful time. Yeah. Simply and also uh, a wonderful, wonderful Woodstock <laughs> time. Woodstock '99. Oh yeah, and to and to make it even better, there was also no shade during it because there were not the trees weren't even able to grow on the Air Force Base because it was a tarmac and it was also fucking toxic for people to live on. Um, so yeah, it, this this whole this whole festival was such a great idea. Um, so after the performance, there were 10,000 people who needed to get medical attention after the festival. 10,000 people. Wow. What? I, was 10, some of this just for bad sunburns or something? Or? They, like I said, over 10,000 people went to the medical tents to get treatment at some point during the festival. That's 10, insane. That is fucking insane. How could they even prepare for that much? I don't know. Whew. Well, clearly well, they didn't do a very good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, a- after the festival, so talk about all the things that happened. I mean, things were set on fire. You know, people were assaulted, sexually assaulted, all that. Only 44 people were arrested after the festival. And also, another fun fact, there were uh, security guards at their performance. I can't remember what they were called, but they were called something really dystopian, like 
the Peace Corps, like Peace Volunteers or something like that. The like Peace Corps. Yeah, some some real like death squad shit in like a <laughs> Central American country that they would call these people. Um, and the the cops that were actually there, uh, half of them either were taken off duty during the festival or were just simply fired during their performance. So like half the cops that actually did show up, they're like, oh yeah, half of you, you're not even allowed to be here anymore because you guys are too much degenerate pieces of shit and you can't actually help out. Should happen um, to all cops. So yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, right. And out of the 44 people that actually were arrested, only one of them was for sexual assault. What the fuck oh. was everyone else arrested for? Destruction of property? Oh, probably just, like, destruction of property and shit. Public um, urination. Yeah, public urination as well. Uh, but yes, obviously, uh, everything is great at this festival. Nothing went wrong. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't a massive fallout. Uh, Woodstock's name wasn't tainted for the end of time. And even Woodstock 2019 turned out really well, obviously. You know, the, the more I learn about Woodstock 99, the more upset I am that every everyone thinks like Fire Festival is a isolated incident. <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. It's yeah. Like, well, it's, it's like the only one that had so Ja Rule organizing it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you know, I will say, though, just to be fair to Woodstock 99, nobody died. That's impressive considering how bad this was. That is impressive. And that's not saying a lot. No, it's yeah, not. that's not at all. <laughs> Oh God! But yes, that was Woodstock Night, and I'm only I'm only covering most of it. There's a lot of other things that weren't said about Woodstock '99 that I could go over, but it really was just an epic fucking disaster of a music festival. It was awful. Holy oh, shit! Uh, yeah. Honestly, uh, talk about Woodstock '99. Not a good time, but not um, a good time. Not a good time. I don't know, but would having not been able to go to any concerts or big events for all of 2020. Do you think you'd still go if you had the chance? You know? <laughs> okay, so I honestly I, I would, but I would stay away from the the, the poop, mud, and rape pits. <laughs> what yeah, what's what's worse, sexual assault or a potentially deadly disease? It's a it's a coin toss for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um and I also will say one one funny thing. I I, I found a map of the actual like uh, Woodstock 99 grounds on it, and oh, one sure. of them uh, had a PlayStation 10. So you just like play PlayStation games if you wanted to. Well, that's so that's interesting. That's all right, uh, I guess. I was like, yeah. why is that a thing at a music festival? To be fair, you might as well play PlayStation games instead of getting fucking sexually assaulted. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> if it's a PlayStation 10, maybe um, you do it to get the fuck out of the 100 degree weather with no shade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and another fun fact, uh, water bottles were running around 4 to $8 during the entire festival too. That's absolutely wow. insane that's cheap yeah, yeah nowadays actually that is kind of cheap sometimes but but in 1999 dollars <laughs> yeah um, yeah i think um there was a big controversy over that um that they ended up calling uh watergate so exactly yeah <laughs> and also there was uh they were not a. Uh, uh, Woodstock 99 were not allowing uh, any food or any supplies into the actual festival. So once you got in there, you're basically trapped to pay $8 for a fucking bottle of water, sliced pizza or something. That's oh, cool. just absolutely so. wonderful that like we get people into an environment where it's extremely easy to be dehydrated, both because of the weather, the lack of shade, and the fact that we're around a million other people that raise the temperature significantly just through the warmth of all the bodies. You want to move around because it's bands you like, and then just uh, extort people for $8 a fucking water bottle as they slowly die. It's just lovely. You know, Jess, I, I'm sorry. 
we have to we have to reiterate we're a very pro-capitalist podcast okay yeah extremely <laughs> i don't like, know honestly milton friedman he's my fucking hero <laughs> yeah, the best. and rand and rand oh. she's making me randy let me tell you ein. um i don't know i really do <laughs> feel that at uh large uh outdoor like summer music festivals that water should be free and it needs to be free and i don't yeah. think it should be legal to make it not free or at least have a free well, source of fair, water um they, they 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 did though but then everyone broke it and also you have to remember that the water supply was probably still full of pcbs lead and solvents from the fucking military who who put in the water supply there. yes the, the fuck yes the lovely fact that so honestly they were, they, they were doing water, them a favor yeah <laughs> God. so jess and also I, I believe uh ticket prices uh were starting at 150 dollars too for the festival um uh, once again in 1999 dollars so. yeah that's pretty expensive um i don't know well i guess nowadays it's like Four hundred dollars is pretty standard for a music festival. I feel like, or at least the big ones. I don't know okay, how that so translates, also, but I think inflation. So I decided to just was... look up, look up real quick for the actual prices of the tickets, and they ranged from one hundred fifty to one hundred eighty dollars. And there were some venues selling a Darth Maul bong. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I have yeah, this? That's the most, that's the most nineteen ninety thing, nineteen ninety nine thing of all time. There was also a Matrix dildo for sale. <laughs> <laughs> i want both oh of those <laughs> absolutely holy shit that rocks i think there was also an american beauty uh plastic bag that they were selling <laughs> oh shit that's from that movie right the floating plastic bag and everyone thinks it's yeah, for some yeah. Reason, no stupid okay it's okay I, i'm glad i got that reference right the the infamous um, plastic bag in the wind you, you you can either reference that or the Katy perry song so pick take your pick yeah that's thing mike do you ever feel like a plastic bag <laughs> every day of my fucking life fuck yeah dude oh jesus christ uh, anything else we want to add to what was the biggest dumpster fire in probably probably the biggest dumpster fire in music festival history well i guess you can't really call fire festival a, a music festival because it wasn't <laughs> yeah this at least had was no music yeah. <laughs> this at least had music added so yeah and to be fair as far as i'm aware of nobody got raped at fire festival yeah well, well i don't know i i'm not willing to to put my money on that that's true <laughs> a bunch that's of fucking true. rich frat bros yeah drunk on cheese sandwiches <laughs> drunk on cheese sandwiches and and like just garbage lettuce yeah <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, and also one one more fun fact I found out. So apparently people were allowed to camp out on the actual grounds, but because uh, there was poop sewage water everywhere, most of the tents got flooded with poop sewage water. Oh my god, that's fucking lovely. <laughs> oh my god, that just the shit sandwich. Honey. It's already a hundred some degrees. You're fucking yeah. You have no shade on tarmac, which is black and heats up and gets hot too. And, uh, uh, and your tent gets filled with literal shit. Oh, yeah. The only place yeah. you can get away from the sun, probably. But... Yeah, imagine that you're like trying to sleep on a hot tarmac with no water, and then it's like, ooh, that feels really nice. Oh no, yeah, like a giant turd <laughs> just goes through your hair. Like... What, a, what a great day to get groped and then fucking wake up covered in shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would love to send every lay wrong generation person who's like obsessed with the 90s, like, go back to Woodstock 99 and we'll see how good it is. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> if you can survive Woodstock 99, then you're allowed to be a prick about uh, XXX Tentacion. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be a pretentious dick on the internet, you have to survive Woodstock 99. That's a good idea for a movie. <laughs> oh my God. What about That'd a reality show? Surviving Woodstock it's like Survivor, yeah! but it's in Woodstock 99. Surviving Woodstock 99. <laughs> Starring Tommy Lee from Get Naked Fame. Tommy, Tommy Lee from, yeah, from Methods of Mayhem. Well, to be fair, okay, so what's grosser? Uh, Tommy Lee, jo- or Tommy Lee uh, his entire career, or Woodstock 99? What's grosser? Oof, that's a uh, tough question. I don't know which hurt more people. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I don't know who has raped more people. I don't know who, who caused more long-term trauma. <laughs> yeah, who, who who caused more uh, fecal-based diseases? <laughs> <laughs> who sent more people to uh, to be hospitalized? Yeah, <sighs> I mean, frankly, who raped more women? We need to know that question. We don't I mean, know. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, Probably more than eight. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh geez. Hey, but entertainment and heart, great song. So yeah, you know, entertainment is just full of sex offenders. We all know that. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Uh, anything else we want to add before we go to the vote here? Just tears of pure sorrow. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the countdown because unfortunately Dave's not here. Um, actually, I'll, I'll ask him real quick. Dave, do you want to do the countdown? What? What? Uh, Dave, I'm kind of sick of doing the countdown. Do you mind just getting off your fucking ass and doing the, the countdown real quick? Come on, Dave. Ripping ass. Dude. Dave. Dave. All right, you'll fuck it. I'll do the countdown. Even though I do it every time. Yes. <sighs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Three, two, one. What's that? Yeah. All right. I'm glad. Woo! All right. You know what? I'm glad that was unanimous because even though I do like the fanatic i do want to take a break from watching the fanatic <laughs> you want to take a break as in you're gonna watch it a fourth time but not in the next month yeah. yeah probably like i'll probably watch it by the end of by the end of the year i would say <laughs> yeah i look forward to the screenings at the oriental oriental theater uh where fred durst comes and uh everybody throws plastic spoons at him and whatever yeah 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 i can't wait can't wait till covid's over so we can go back to the oriental theater that will almost certainly not be closed by the time we go back there right because movie theaters doing so well right now oh yeah it's a great time for movie theaters especially uh, especially independent ones yeah um so yeah god i hope the oriental doesn't close that's like my favorite theater i fucking love the oriental that's my favorite theater oriental's great great. downer's nice too um, yeah, down there is very nice. I saw uh, aliens there, and uh, I wish I probably. Did. I, saw, uh, I, I saw fucking the room twice, Parasite, uh, a lot of other good movies. It's a great movie theater. Uh, well, rest in peace to movie theaters. It's been nice knowing you. Uh, <laughs> my favorite pastime uh, put into the ground. So, well, that's the thing is that my other favorite past uh, pastime activity is eating seeds. Is <laughs> it? <laughs> I made too many system of a down references. The toxicity of Woodstock '99. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, the toxicity of Griffiths Air Force Base's water supply. <laughs> uh, um, 
Well, congrats to Woodstock uh, 99. <laughs> You've made it to the finals. You did. Made it to the I, grand yeah. finals. I couldn't. Yeah, uh, I, I got to be honest here. I didn't want the Fanatic to win the first time. And it made it all the way <laughs> to the semifinals. So uh, it's good to see it uh, gone. Uh, it finally got us from Muppets. Um, but yes, on the very last Fred Durst Friday, we're going to be reviewing Bleed and Woodstock 99. I think it's interesting that the very first thing we ever reviewed. Yes. And uh, possibly is going to the final. <laughs> and the very last new thing we reviewed, or was it the second to last? Wait, I'm uh, trying to think. No, the very last oh, new thing we reviewed was, was get, get naked. naked and seamless. Whoops. Get yeah. naked. But I'm Should've retconning won. that. I'll reverse the episode <laughs> order. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, but yes, this is, uh, this is Taylor signing off. And once again, Jess, uh, do you want to plug anything here? I would like to plug the Patreon. Uh, listen up, little, uh, you know, little, little listeners, you know. Show me your money. Yeah. Uh, you gotta give us a little bit of cash on Patreon. And uh, cagefight or cagefight.com slash Patreon podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash cagefight podcast. Please, if you enjoy our content, please just throw us a little bit of money and actually uh so so we're about to be wrapping up fred durst friday here and we'd like to continue these bonus episodes but i think we're going to move it over to patreon content and if you would like to hear more things like this in a similar vein now covering something other than fred durst that'll be the place to do it so uh exactly yeah and honestly we do need the money because these episodes take a lot of effort so Y'all need to pay us for our effort. You know, honestly, you guys are going out there giving Belle Delphine money and you're giving Johnny Sins all these fucking dollars for showing their various genitalia. But yet we're the real artists here. Yeah, you know how much an Amazon Prime subscription costs? It's like $800 yeah. a year. Ooh. You know how much buying uh, various new metal Funko Pops costs? It costs a lot of money. <laughs> And frankly, this does take a lot of effort. <laughs> oh my god, damn it. But, uh, yeah. Clam up, Jess. <laughs> and honestly, once again, please sponsor our podcast. For 35 cents a day, you can make sure that Dave gets a meal every single day. Yeah. Dave gets a meal and you get a bonus episode. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's a win-win. And honestly, if you want to donate 35 cents a day, I mean, what? That's like, what, $10 a month? That's great. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Yeah, or like fifty dollars a day, whatever your income allows. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're if you're Jeff Jeff Bozos, uh, you can give us like five dollars a day. That's, I mean, that's like most of his income. So yeah, um, yeah. that's like all he makes. We don't want to bleed him oh, dry. So, He's a good guy. So He's just way, working hard to get by, you know. <laughs> well, talk about bleeding things dry here. Once again, catch us for bleed and Woodstock '99 on the final episode of Red Dirt Friday. Kabow! Kablamo! Booey! Yeah! Alright, uh, but yes, I'm gonna be signing off. This is Taylor signing off. This is Mike. And this is Jess. Bye-bye. <laughs>